What is up, everybody? This is Nick from P2W Fantasy, joined by my arch nemesis this week um, across fantasy leagues. Uh, he's the he's the Joker to my Batman, um, uh, whatever you want to call it. But uh, yeah, we're here talking week nine starts and sits. Um, Anthony, we got We got to talk about it right away. How how many leagues are we in together this year? More than a couple. I want. What is it? Three total this year, or is it four? I can't even. I think it's three. And how many? How many uh, of those leagues do we face each other in this week? Uh, we are playing each other in all three leagues this week. Yeah. So I, I literally have no idea how that worked itself out. You run one of the leagues, I run one, and then we have a buddy who runs another one. So it definitely wasn't worked out that way. But for some reason. We are playing each other in all three leagues, so um, we'll have to figure out if we can even hang out for the games or not tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, we have a uh, interesting week nine coming up. Um, I talked about this a little bit on the the fantasy football smackdown uh, with with a friend Kyle. I, I was on his um, broadcast uh, this past week on Thursday, and it's interesting because we might have the most diverse set of quarterbacks going into week nine that we've seen in a while. Um, Nick Mullins obviously took uh, the lead job um, on Thursday due to Jimmy Garoppolo's injury. Jimmy G's also playing pretty bad as of late too. So Nick Mullins, new quarterback um, for the foreseeable future because Jimmy G is going to be out for a couple weeks. And then we go down the list here. Uh, Jake Luton, who is a, a sixth round rookie out of Oregon State. Um, is going to be taking Gardner Minshew's job uh, for the foreseeable future, I think. Um, I read up on Jake Luton a little bit. Uh, one of the things I read was one of college football's steadiest and most efficient passers uh, and that he avoids mistakes. So that'll be interesting to see how that affects uh, LaVisca Chenault, DJ Chark, and Keelan Cole, who all are not doing great in fantasy this year. Keelan Cole's wide receiver 35 DJ Chark is wide receiver 47 and Chenault is wide receiver 48. So interesting to see how this team is going to operate. Um, even Chris is jumping in saying that he loves Luton, Robinson and LaVisca this week. So Anthony, any quick thoughts on uh, Jake Luton? Uh, personally, I, I don't know too much about him, but I, I mean, just from what I've been reading on him, I wouldn't have very high hopes for, him or that Jaguars offense in general. Um, I think that they're going to have a tough week this week going against uh, the Texans, and uh, they're going to be one of the bottom teams this year. They're probably going to get a top three pick, in my opinion. Yeah, I I agree. I kind of said from the start that I thought that that was going to be maybe a future home of Trevor Lawrence, maybe a Justin Fields. Um, Another situation, we got uh, Matt Stafford uh, was in close contact to somebody who had COVID. His wife took to uh, social media and said that, you know, she had some words. I think in the past she's had some words as well. Um, and then uh, we also have some XFL guys or whatever, wherever they come from uh, out in Dallas going against the Steelers, um, which might impact the the other skilled players. Uh, Kevin asks, the real question is, who's going to win those fantasy matchups between you two this week? I, I think you might be the underdog in all, in all three, but... <laughs> But I, I literally can lose one of those three, and I'll be the saltiest guy um, for a long time. True. I don't know. We'll, <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. Anything can happen. I, I got upset last week, and part of the reason we talk about start, uh, starts and sits is because, I mean, everybody talks about it. Like, everybody 
post an article or a podcast about it, but it does get important. Like I'm looking at um, in the gauntlet, me and you are in, I was undefeated last week. I took an L and if I would have started Matthew Stafford instead of Josh Allen, I would have won that matchup. So at the end of the day, starts and sits can be pretty, pretty important. So um, let's just jump right into it. Anthony, we'll start with you. Uh, looking at the quarterback position, who is who's a guy that uh, you have um, some optimism for this week? You'd say is one of the starts of the week for you. Yeah, so my start of the week at the quarterback position is actually going to be Tom Brady. Um, okay. With what he's been doing over the last uh, few weeks here, uh, it's hard to sit him in general. So you're mm -hmm. looking over the last uh, few weeks here, and, I mean, he's been going off with his, his, with what he's got there in uh, in Tampa Bay. He uh, has zero interceptions and zero fumbles since week four, which is very impressive. That's nice. Um, being a Daniel Jones owner, I can only dream of something like that. So – that's very impressive. And then the other thing that uh, I really like about Tom Brady this week is he's going up against uh, the Saints and Drew Brees. What's interesting uh, about that matchup there is Drew Brees and Tom Brady keep going back and forth with uh, that touchdown record. So I think that this is a game that both guys are going to try to take the lead and have more touchdowns than the other guy. And it might be a shootout. And, and if I'm going to pick Drew Brees or Tom Brady, I'm probably going to go Brady here. I think that he has better weapons. I think that the defense is better uh, for the Buccaneers as of lately. And uh, I think that both of these guys are going to play with the chip on their shoulders, and it should be a fun game to watch. What's scary about Tom Brady is that he's been very, very good as of late, um, very effective in fantasy, and he hasn't had a full core of guys. I mean, week to week, you're missing Chris Godwin here. Mike Evans was hobbling around a little bit. Scott, even Scotty Miller, you can throw in his name. He was dealing with some injury. So now that you got even Fournette back is a factor. So now that you got Rojo and Fournette in the backfield, um, Gronk's playing better. It looks like he's back in NFL shape and everything. Uh, Chris Godwin is looking like he's playing a uh, not AJ Brown. Antonio Brown and uh, Mike Evans on the field too. All three of those guys. It's going to be scary with uh, what Tom Brady actually does when he has all of these guys to to work with. Um, I I can't see them losing a lot of games, especially with that defense performing very very well. Uh, do have a quick question? All right, real question: CD or Zach Moss this week? I'm personally going to take Zach Moss because I think that CD Lamb has um, like a could be like an Anthony script throwing him the ball. So we don't know how that's going to work out. And uh, the skill players for the Cowboys against that Steelers defense is super scary uh, to me. And Zach Moss has actually been very efficient with his touches. And a quick stat I've been throwing around a lot is that Zach Moss uh, scored three times. So three different total touchdowns in five games in comparison to Devin Singletary's one touchdown in eight games. So Zach Moss, if he takes the lead of that ship over there, I think could be effective. But at the same time, if you look at CeeDee Lamb, he's extremely talented and he's one big play waiting to happen. Um, but yeah, what are your thoughts, Anthony, on that one? That's a tough one for me because obviously if you're looking at talent, you're going to want to play CeeDee Lamb. Um, mm -hmm. the, the issue is what we have been talking about um, is the quarterback situation. I mean, I don't even know anything about this guy that's going to be starting this week. So if I'm looking at it, you're going to have to think, hey, he's going to have to find one guy that could be his security blanket, uh, whether it's going to be Zeke with dump-offs or they're just going to run the ball the whole game. 
it's hard to say that CD Lamb is going to have a good game this week, so I'd probably lean on Moss. But if for whatever reason CD Lamb is that security blanket, maybe he can be a viable start next week. Yeah, I I agree with that. Um, maybe when Andy Dalton's back, just because he's a little bit more competent of a passer in comparison to some guys who. I wrote down earlier this week, these two guys that are fighting for the job have combined for nine NFL career attempts. So that's that's not a lot. That's not a lot. Um, my start of the week is Justin Herbert. I know you're a big fan of his, Anthony, uh, against the Raiders. The Raiders have actually been decent against quarterbacks this year. Um, but as of late, uh, week four, Josh Allen, 25.42 points. Week five, Patrick Mahomes, 29.7. And then your boy, Tom Brady, week seven, 36.86 points. Uh, pro football reference uh, has a stat that um, Raiders are giving up 20.8 average points to quarterbacks. Herbert is averaging 24.5. So I think he is ahead of the curve already. Um, three out of six of Herbert's games, he's had 300 plus yards. He's never thrown for under 264 yards, which is crazy because some guys like as of late, Lamar Jackson, Cam Newton, they're not throwing for 200 yards. So he's uh, throwing 300 plus in half of his games and never under 264 yards, 15 touchdowns to five interceptions. So uh, with seeing some of these other quarterbacks have solid weeks against the Raiders, I don't see any reason why um, Justin Herbert doesn't go off this week and continue just to sling the ball. Uh, The guy's super impressive. Um, He might be the rookie of the year. I mean, Joe Burrow's going to be knocking on that door too. But, uh, yeah, I don't see Justin Herbert slowing down. He has no reason to. And uh, Keenan Allen looks like a top three wide receiver with him. So um, any any thoughts on Herbert? I mean, you know, I've got Herbert in uh, that super flex we've got. Mm-hmm. And uh, he has not disappointed ever. So I- I'm looking at him and he slings the ball. Like you said, Keenan Allen is a huge benefactor of Herbert right now. But. I'm going to ride the Herbert wave until he gives me a reason not to. And so far, he has not given me a reason to not start him. So I'm with you on that. Yep. And uh, I'll jump into my um, sit of the week. And it's going to be Ryan Tannehill against the Bears. So um, a lot of people know that um, I'm a Bears fan. We are Bears fans. So it's not just because he's playing the Chicago Bears, but – It's due to the Bears, uh, according to Pro Football Reference, give up 14.9 average fantasy points to quarterbacks. So 14.9, if your quarterback scores that on a week, you're not happy about it. You want your quarterback somewhere between 18 and up, uh, I would say. Um, The Bears have uh, played against Stafford, Daniel Jones, Matt Ryan, Phillip Rivers, Tom Brady, Teddy Bridgewater, uh, Jared Goff, and Drew Brees. So you look at that list, a lot of these guys are pretty good fantasy quarterbacks. Um, even Teddy Bridgewater has stepped up this year. Phillip Rivers has had some decent games, surprisingly, too. Um, so I, I I think that Tannehill, he's been very efficient lately. We see Corey Davis goes back-to-back games with 10 targets and is making big plays. A.J. Brown is just as good of a playmaker as Calvin Ridley and D.K. Metcalf. I think he um, is not talked about enough just because he missed a lot of weeks. Um, Ryan Tannehill averaging 21.7 points. He's QB eight. So he's very good this year. He had 17.3 points though, in his last two games, I think Chicago brings a tough challenge to quarterbacks. I think that with him being efficient, he still can have a good week, but if he doesn't score 18 plus 
you know, I, I'd be nervous about plugging him in this week against that Bears defense that just really don't let quarterbacks come in and have nice weeks. What about you? Who, who do you have as a, a player you would be nervous about plugging in and, and um, might be a sit for you this week? Yeah, I'm, I'm with you on the Tannehill uh, aspect, definitely. Uh, Bears defense is a great defense. Uh, their offense is not so good. But uh, in terms of what you were saying, I, I'm in complete agreement. Um, my sit of the week is a guy that I briefly mentioned earlier, um, Daniel Jones. Mm-hmm. The reason he is my sit of the week is not only uh, is he playing Washington, and Washington's defense, I think, is a pretty strong defense. In the it, throughout the season, they have uh, forced nine turnovers, which is pretty mm-hmm. impressive. And uh, the statistic that really stands out to me about that Washington defense is uh, pretty much their pass rush. Um, they average a little over three sacks per game, and uh, being a guy that turns over the ball a lot in Daniel Jones, that's concerning to me as an owner. Um, Ball security is a big issue for Daniel Jones when he's getting hit. You could see how much he fumbles. So with that pass rush coming at you, um, I'm expecting turnovers for him. I was Mm -hmm. watching the game last week, uh, obviously hoping he'd put out pretty good numbers because I started him. And uh, he was just missing so many wide open passes, um, making bad decisions on the ball. And uh, his main issue is he can't just take a sack. He always tries to make a play happen. So if he's unable to take a sack and he's throwing the ball up, like wishing somebody catches the ball, Darius Slayton, Sterling Shepard aren't going to always make the play. Uh, He's going to have some turnovers this game. I'm expecting, if I'm going to guess, over two, two or over turnovers. So I'm avoiding Daniel Jones this week. Uh, Bad matchup, and I haven't been liking what I've been seeing from him. Uh, in terms of his decision-making and ball security in general. So I'm passing on him this week. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Um, Washington, I, I pr- I'm pretty sure, is giving up um, bottom three amount of yards total uh, to offenses this year. And you think of Washington as a team that's not very good, and they have that stigma, but that defense is very good. And they do get to the quarterback. I think I, think I read Danny Dimes has turned over the ball 13 times this year. So if they get to the quarterback and they can force some turnovers, that's going to be scary if you're plugging in Daniel Jones. And, you know, if you don't look into these things, you say, hey, this might be a good matchup. It's Washington. You know, they're not very good. But at the same time, he could be a guy that can can burn you this week. So my quick note about quarterbacks is at this point of the year, you got to start looking at what what, are the, what is the average points these guys are giving up or, or producing, I mean, and where do they rank? I mean, we don't have to look, you know, weekly like, ah, Tom Brady was quarterback 10, but then he was six and then he was three. You don't have to look like that. But like if you're in a 10 or 12 team league, one quarterback, and you're plugging in a guy who's quarterback like 20, like a Baker Mayfield, who's like quarterback 20 or whatever he is, you got to start thinking, hey, there's 10 or 12 teams in this league. I should be starting at 10 to maybe 12, 13, 14 tops quarterback. So a guy like Daniel Jones, unless it's a super flex, I think you're just fading, you know, uh, when it comes to things like that. So um, we're a lot of weeks uh, into football and you got to start kind of paying attention to what, what are these guys doing productively? Not just, Hey, it looks like a good matchup because sometimes it's not. All right. Uh, running backs here. 
Um, I'll start with my start of the week. Um, Weird situation that he's in, but I'm going to go with James Robinson versus the Texans. Houston gives up the second most rushing yards in the league, eighth most total yards. Uh, What I love about James Robinson, and I don't think it's going to change just because you have a new, uncomfortable rookie quarterback in, is the amount of touches this guy gets. Week 70 at 26 touches, which is a lot. That's a ton for a running back. We just talked about Zach Moss a little bit. You look at his touches and and Singletary's just for an example, you know, as an example, they're getting nowhere near 26 touches. A lot of a lot of starting running backs don't get anywhere near 26 touches. Week six, he had 16. Week five, he had 18. Week four, he had 21. He's averaging 19.1 points a game. He's had four plus catches in five out of seven games. So we, me and you play in PPR leagues, and the catches to the running back position is crucial, I think, when it comes to plugging guys in. You know, um, you look at guys like I don't know. Uh, back in the day when it was a Sony Michelle and James White show, Sony Michelle don't really catch the ball, so his PPR ceiling is limited. When you got a guy like James Robinson catching four plus catches, that, that's that's good. That's good because he's not just rushing; he's catching the ball too. Um, six total touchdowns on the year as well. James Robinson a week I think ago was the overall RB two, so he's very good. Um, what's that going to mean for him with a new quarterback? We're not entirely sure, but if he's getting somewhere between 18 and 26 touches. I think he's still going to get around that because he doesn't have competition in that backfield right now. And um, against the Texans who give up that many yards to running backs, I think he's an easy play this week and he's an easy candidate to be a top three running back um, for week nine. Who's uh who's the guy you like this week? So it's actually, I just realized this actually, um, my running back play of the week is in the same game as uh, your running back play of the week. I'm actually going to go with David Johnson here. Uh, the, okay. re- the reason behind this is, uh, and people might not think about this type of thing, but uh, te- the Texans have won one game this year, okay? And that one game that they won this year was against the Jacksonville Jaguars. So... In that game that they uh, played Jacksonville, David Johnson had his highest uh, carry total, which was 19, and I believe his highest yards total on the ground, which was 94, I want to say. Since then, uh, Jacksonville allows 104.7 yards per game to running backs, which is a very high number for a defense to let up. Just a little bit, yep. And that's just to running backs. Uh, In terms of yards per game, uh, rushing totals just in general, they allow 142.6 yards per game. So they're giving up a lot of yards on the ground. Um, mm-hmm. I'm fully expecting the Texans to win this game. Um, I'm expecting them to win it somewhat comfortably with the new quarterback situation that Jacksonville has. And if they're winning the game comfortably for the first time this season, um, I fully expect David Johnson to get some, some carries and, and that's going to help his fantasy, uh, ceiling this week I think and uh, if he adds in a couple catches like he's been uh, throughout this season I I fully expect him to uh, have a good game I'm expecting it to be maybe his best uh, fantasy output this year Um, and that's just based on the situation Um, Jacksonville's been struggling they've been playing from behind and uh, I'm expecting him to get a lot of carries and I'm expecting him to take advantage of it maybe he'll punch in a touchdown too so he's my play of the week this week and uh, we'll see who uh, does better between him and Robinson. Might have to be a 
some sort of beer bed or something like that. <laughs> Could be a toss up there. Um, same game too, which is cool. Uh, interesting um, enough. I know we touched base briefly before the, uh, the stream here. We have the same team, same position for our fades. Do you want to get into yours first? And then I'll, I'll jump into mine right after. Yeah, no problem. Um, mine here, um, it shouldn't be too much of a surprise to people, is Naheem Hines. Um, mm-hmm. Yes, he went off last week. Okay, we understand that he had two touchdowns. It's, I got to get that Star Wars guy like, it's a trap. <laughs> yeah, but but that's the thing. And, and, and across my leagues, I'm seeing people plug him into their lineups. And I'm, oh, I've and seen I, it too, yeah. And, and I'm looking at this, and I'm like, okay, what makes you think he's going to have a good fantasy week? When I'm mm-hmm. looking at the numbers here, Last week he scored twenty something points because he had the two touchdowns, but he had he had five total carries on the game. So so if he's not scoring a touchdown and he's not getting big numbers in in the receiving game, what makes you think he's going to have a good game this week? I I can't justify starting him uh, in any format this week. I I'm honestly, if I've got him on my roster, I'm going to be shopping him immediately after that twenty something point. Oh game. yeah. I'm yeah. going to say, hey, look look at what he did. He, he's going to take a big chunk of their uh, passing game now. And I'm trying to shop him, but I definitely do not start him this week. He's not going to get two touchdowns. I can't even see him getting one touchdown this week. So I'm avoiding him in all formats. If I have him, I'm trading him. So Naheem he, he, even in Even in the deepest of leagues, you're not playing him. No. You're not playing him. And, and it is a bit of a trap because his fantasy season has been a sandwich. He had a uh, an amazing week one. He had an amazing week eight, and then everything in between the buns here has been trash. It's been bad. It's been bad. And here's another reason. And Jonathan Taylor is actually my fate of the week. They're playing the Ravens. They're playing the Ravens. The Ravens defense is good. I mean, the Coles defense is good too. Sure, um, the Ravens defense maybe isn't to the par of the Steelers, but they're right up there. They're right up there. Fifth fewest yards uh, to running backs or to rushing. We'll say um, JT's had three straight weeks of 60 or less rushing yards. So if he's not breaking 60 rushing yards in the last three weeks, and now he's playing a good Ravens defense, I don't see a lot of room for optimism. You'd hope he has a good bounce back because I, I, I still believe in JT. Um, a lot of concern for him. I think he was banged up a little bit. He opened the door for uh, for, for Hines and Wilkins last week, but um, you know, JT was a full participant on Thursday. So that's good news. But um, he floats around and averages 13.1 points, which isn't, it's not bad, but maybe not what you expect out of somebody who starts in your running back position. Maybe that's more of a flex play. Um, but yeah, I'm going to fade JT against this Ravens defense for some of the same, uh, sort of reasons you'd probably fade any of the, the Colts running backs this week. So, uh, that'll be interesting. Um, I'm, I'm working on a couple, uh, pitches to get some sponsorships here. So I figured I'd just throw this one out here just as a, Little little uh, interlude, um, and maybe we can get noticed and uh, maybe maybe picked up. But uh, <clears throat> did did Trent Taylor just give you one point nine points on a Thursday night game, like Nick? Did you draft Lamar Jackson in the first round of a startup like Anthony did just to be QB fourteen? Did you forget to plug in someone else outside of Aaron Jones last week when he was hurt, like Chrissy? Has 90% of your rosters been affected by injuries? When fantasy throws you curveballs, find ways to relax, and nothing makes you relax more than an ice-cold Pacifico. (laughs) (laughs) 
So uh, just throwing that one out there. Hopefully Pacifico gets relayed that, that message. I'm sure some of the reps might be actually actively listening at some point um, during the day. I know it's early. So uh, just working on some sponsorships there. And I thought that was a, that was a good try there. So we'll see if Pacifico uh, reaches out to us. Maybe they can throw us a six pack or something. Um, even one tall boy from them for, for that pitch might be okay. Uh, all right. So going into the wide receiver position here, um, my start, uh, he's a guy we both like, um, been kind of eh, in fantasy this year so far, but I, I like Jerry Judy against Atlanta. Um, Atlanta gives up, um, the second most yards in the air, uh, to offenses, Jerry Judy, He's had a fluctuation of involvement this year. The first three weeks, he had eight, seven, and nine targets. And then the next three after that, he had four, five, and four targets. So we've seen him be heavily involved before, and then we've seen him get like four or five targets in a game. His his average points is not very good. He, he floats around like, I don't know, 10 to, 10 to like 12 points a game, which isn't phenomenal, not something you want on, out of a, a stud rookie um, but, but I think now with Drew Locke back, you know, Drew Locke missed some time. The fact that we see him grab 10 targets last week against the chargers for 11.3 points, I think he was a touchdown away from having a big game. So against Atlanta, not a good defense, obviously against the, the pass, but on the flip side, Matt Ryan is going to be slinging the ball and that offense is good. So you can say, Oh, it's going to be a shootout. It, it just might be. And the fact that um, Jerry Judy is starting to step up and get that target share back to what it used to be, I like him against Atlanta. And I think moving forward, now that uh, Drew Locke is healthy and, and is playing good, it looks like his confidence is there. He's dancing around the field, um, doing things like that. Uh, I think Jerry Judy's a great play this week. What about you? What about you? Who's a, who's a good start? I do like uh, Judy this week. He was actually uh, up on the top of my list for start to the week. Um, that. Falcons defense is not pretty and I think this is hopefully his breakout game um my start of the week here is actually going to be Marvin Jones Jr um it's easy to say yeah he had two touchdowns last week uh he's going to continue to to produce like that but that's not realistic I mean last week I believe he only had three catches which isn't great it's not what you'd want out of a receiver that you're starting um, but I'm just looking at the team here, the game here. Uh, you're missing Galladay again. Um, Marvin Jones Jr. has got to be their red zone threat uh, with Galladay out of, out of the game. Um, and being that they're playing Minnesota, Minnesota looked pretty good last week, um, especially with the run game. Uh, so I, I'm kind of leaning towards Minnesota uh, winning this game and uh, maybe leading most of the game. And uh, if they are winning this game, if they're leading most of the game, then the Detroit Lions are going to have to throw the ball. Uh, and Stafford's going to have to go to work to keep them in this game. Or, or Chase Daniel. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we'll, we'll see. We'll see. I think it's going to be Stafford, but we'll see. Stafford, it, I mean, what's crazy to me, just really quick off topic, is Stafford hasn't practiced once this week. And if he's ready to, like, cleared, they're still going to throw him in there without any practice this week. And if I they just... don't let him, his wife's going to go to go to Instagram <laughs> and post a picture of him throwing the ball and be like, guess you guys just didn't want him to play this week. <laughs> <laughs> no, so, I mean, I, I expect Stafford to be playing if for, for whatever reason he doesn't. 
I don't know what to expect out of Chase Daniel, but um, Marvin Jones Jr., I'm expecting more than three catches this week. I'm expecting uh, the Detroit Lions to be throwing the ball a lot this week. And it does help that Minnesota, uh, their pass defense is kind of towards the bottom half of the league. So I think there's some uh, good things that we can see in this matchup and good things that can benefit Marvin Jones Jr. And if he does get one touchdown this week, I think that you'll be happy with that. Yeah, it's interesting to see with uh, Marvin Jones. I always, when I say his name, I always try to throw an S in Marvin. Like I said, Marvin's Jones. No, but uh, it's interesting to see his production because he was without Galladay in a couple of those games early on and, um, or maybe at least a game and couldn't really step up. But then like when he does step up, he has a massive week. So he's one of those guys that I'm not going to say he's boom or bust because he still could be a viable wide receiver every single week. But when he does have a big game, it's a big game. Um, last year he had, I think, more than one two-touchdown game. So uh, he could be a good play this week for sure, especially um, if he does have his quarterback. Um, I'm fading uh, three guys, and they're all on the same team, Amari Cooper, CeeDee Lamb, and Michael Gallup. Um, Steelers are a top three defense against the pass. Now you have um, – I was trying to make a funny, funny reference. Uh, maybe, maybe like, uh, like two guys, one's from the longest yard and one's from Friday night lights. It's two guys. We don't like know too much about. Um, I think one of them was an XFL guy. We don't know anything about these guys. They, they threw again, like I said earlier, nine combined NFL pass attempts. So that's what they got going for them. Um, Amari Cooper last week, he caught one pass for five yards. He had 1.5 points, so he burned you last week. Um, C.D. Lamb, he caught four passes on five attempts, or five targets, I mean, for 27 yards, and he had one carry for 19. So that carry for 19 kind of saved him a little bit in fantasy, but he had 8.6, so you probably got burned on that too. Michael Gallup had a nice week, but his nice week was 13.1 points. So – it's a sketchy situation with Dallas. You're playing the Steelers. I think the Steelers are going to go in there and just like, it's going to be like, I don't know. They're going to jump the, the Cowboys. Like, it's just going to be a scary sight. Um, they're talking about Zeke might not even play. And if I'm Zeke and they're saying, how you how you feeling, you know, going into this game? If he's, if he's good, I might be like, I don't know, man. <laughs> he'll, 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 he'll grab his knee and they, they'll, say, they'll say, Zeke, you're grabbing your right knee we evaluated your left knee as the injury. And it's like, oh, yeah, 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 my bad, my bad. No, but it's going to be a scary side, I think, with, with the Steelers. And I, you can't trust any of these wide receivers. I think you get burned this week. If Andy Dalton comes back, he's not Dak Prescott. We saw he's not Dak Prescott. But he's a guy that you can count on to actually throw the ball to wide receivers. So when he's back, you can plug these guys back in. But until he is back, at least, you can't play them. That's my opinion on that. What about you, sir? Somebody – Stands out as a good sit this week for wide receiver. Yeah, just really quick going off of what you were saying with the Steelers game. Um, we're not going to talk about defense starts and sit this week, but that's going to be a defense that's going to win a lot of people their matchups. Oh, man. Week. And and I think that they're going to – I mean, we saw what the Dolphins did last week. They get they put up a ton of points. I won the matchup because my Dolphins defense went off. Yeah. So, so that Steelers defense – I'm looking at and I, I'm if my wide receiver doesn't hit that I'm not even worried because I know that that Steelers defense is going to put up double digits and that that's where I'm at with them as well. Um, 
my set of the week here um, is actually going to be Antonio Brown. Oh. Um, and that is, I mean, a lot of people are plugging him into their lineups this week. If mm-hmm. everybody could look and see that he's going to be in a lot of people's lineups this week. Um, I'm not confident right now that he's going to come in in his first week and put up a good number. Um, part of that might be because they've got, got, uh, they've got a lot of weapons. Okay, we know that. Mike Evans has been looking like a stud. Gronkowski is there. Okay, Leonard Fournette and Rojo are there. They're going to get touches. Mm-hmm. How much is Antonio going to Antonio Brown going to do in his first week back? That's going to make people want to plug him into their lineup over some other guys. Um, mm-hmm. I'm look. The other question I have is: It is his first game back. Is he going to potentially be on a snap count? Um, are they going to play him and Scotty Miller? Uh, switch them off a lot. Uh, there's a lot of questions surrounding Antonio Brown this week. Um, everybody knows that the talent is there, um, but we just don't know yet how he's going to be utilized, and that's what's kind of putting him on my uh, sit of the week here. I'm going to sit down. I'm going to sit him down. I'm going to say, listen, you're going to sit on my bench this week because I need to sit, see how you're going to do, and then maybe next week, if you, if you do pretty well, we could plug you into my lineup. That's what I'm going to say to him, but I'm not going to start him this week. I'm not going to do anything with him until I see how he's utilized, and that's why he's my sit of the week. It's such a it's such a dart throw because now they got all three of these guys into the system. And last year, though, when he had his first game with the Patriots, they threw the ball to him right away. I mean, he had he had like a good game. So the funny thing is, when it comes to him, is maybe you do have to play him this week because. Next week, he might not even be on the team um, because I think he's one, like, tweet, like, he'll have a good game, and then out of nowhere, he'll tweet, like, I don't know, fuck, fuck Goodell or something like that, like, and, and that, that he's back to normal, you know? So um, it'll be interesting to see uh, what Antonio Brown does in the first game and how many games he will be a Buccaneer this season. So hopefully hopefully he's just a new man. I know he's living with Brady, I'm pretty sure, right now, which is interesting, so – Hey, I mean, he's probably going to wake up on Sunday, wake up Tom and be like, Tom, it's game day, baby. He's like, forget those other guys. No, we'll see. We'll see, though. It'll be interesting. Um, Tight end position is rough. So the tight end position has been such a tough one this year because even guys that are top 10 tight ends have had such a fluctuation of weeks. Look at a guy like Mark Andrews, who scores like 20 points one week, and then he scores like two another week. And you look at... um. I mean, you're gonna. I was gonna say one of the guys you're gonna bring up, but I won't. But uh, it's a tough position if you don't have Travis Kelsey. George Kittle is out now, but he would have been a good example. And if you don't have Darren Waller, outside of that, I don't think you're super comfortable starting a guy on a daily or not a daily on a weekly basis. I mean, there are some good guys. We're, we're gonna talk about some good guys, but even the guys we talk about have had their flop weeks. So it's not the most comfortable position, but. It's important to kind of look at uh, trends for guys and what kind of target share they have, who they're playing, who's banged up, things like that. So you talked about Marvin Jones Jr. before. I'm going to go to the same team. I'm going to go to TJ Hawkinson. I think he can also be the beneficiary of not having Kenny Galladay. Um, Week eight, he caught seven of his 10 targets for 65 yards against an Indianapolis Colts defense. That's pretty good. So um, 10 targets for a tight end is a lot. And the fact that he caught 70% of it, that looks good. That looks good. He's had five-plus targets in five out of seven games. So he's being targeted enough to be very fantasy-relevant. 
He's also had four plus catches in five out of seven games. So the thing is with, with, uh, with tight ends, you don't need the tight end to catch the ball 10 times, right? I mean, a, a lot of the times the tight ends are, are, are catching maybe a bigger play that, you know, they were the outlet, the wide receivers were double covered or whatever the case is, or they're, they're making these, these touchdown uh, catches, you know, Hawkinson has been a red zone target for the lions. So I like TJ Hawkinson this week. I think he's the closest to the next tier of guys under Kelsey and Waller for me right now. I think he's in that next tier uh, potentially. Um, so who, who do you like uh, as far as the tight end position? Yeah, I'm with you on the Hawkinson take. I think he should have a good week. Um, a guy that's compared to Hawkinson a lot is actually going to be my start of the week, which is uh, Noah Fant. I know that people have them very close in rankings and they constantly kind of go back and forth. I'm personally more of a Hawkinson guy. But um, when I'm looking at the matchup here, um, as, as you said earlier with the Judy uh, take, they're playing that Falcons defense. Uh, Noah Fant last week had seven catches, which is pretty solid for a tight end uh, to have, especially in PPR leagues. And uh, I think him and Drew Locke are starting to get into a rhythm. Uh, as you said, Drew Locke kind of looks a little bit better than he did uh, his first couple starts back from being uh, injured. And uh, I'm looking at uh, his yards per game at, for a tight end, or yards per catch, is actually 10.5. So every time he catches the ball, he's getting 10-plus yards, yards uh, which is pretty good. Uh, but last year, he was actually averaging like 14-point-something yards per catch, mm. which, which is even better. So I yeah. think that there is room for improvement um, with no offense, and I think that this, this is definitely the uh, – the game where he could say, hey, I'm going to get back on track. I'm playing a, against this Falcons defense and put up some pretty good numbers this week. I agree. I agree. I think he's an important piece of that offense. Um, obviously, Court, Cortland uh, Sutton has been on IR during the season. Tim Patrick was stepping up big for them, but he's been banged up too. Uh, you know, I talked about Jerry Judy a little bit. Um, but again, this is going to be a matchup where they're going to throw the ball against this um, defense, Atlanta defense, correct? Uh, just because they give up a lot of yards. So I, I can see Fant having a good game. I can see him getting a lot of yards. He's one of those uh, high yardage tight ends. Some tight ends are, you know, the, the the quick five yard throw and then they get tackled or, you know, quick slant here and then they get tackled. But Fant's uh, more of a playmaking sort of guy just because he gets more yards. Um, so I like that uh, call a lot there. My sit of the week, and we're talking about some of the same games, but they just kind of add up here is Gronk versus New Orleans. Um, week uh, week four, or no, four, four uh, targets last week. We saw him get six, eight, eight, four across the last four weeks. So he does have two games, you know, in that mix there where he's getting eight targets. But you have to keep in mind they've, they've been missing somebody important from that offense, Chris Godwin. Now he's back. Chris Godwin is a high target volume sort of guy. I wasn't a massive Chris uh, Chris Godwin guy in the past. I kind of got burned on my takes from him because he was the wide receiver two last year. But when he is on this offense, I know they might spread out the ball a little bit, but he does get a lot of targets. He does. Um, he finds ways to get the ball. So with him into the mix, your boy Antonio Brown is into the mix now too. Who knows what that means? I think uh, having three wide receivers that are very good, very talented – doesn't give a lot of leeway for Gronk to get an eight-target game anymore. I think Gronk might start shifting to a guy that might be a little bit more touchdown dependent than he's been because he's had a lot of good weeks where he's catching the ball a lot, but they're also having you know injury issues that allows him to do so. So 
I could be wrong. It could be the case where everybody's worried about Chris Gowan, Antonio Brown, and Mike Evans, and Gronk's just floating around the field with his hands up and no one's even by him. It could be that sort of thing. But I think just because you have a healthy core of other guys that can get the ball, who, who knows? Uh, they had, I forgot his name. Meeks or something like that was was a guy involved yep. in that offense last week. Scotty Miller is going to be on the team still. Tyler Johnson like sneaks on the field and catches a pass here and there. So uh, I don't know what that means for Gronk. So um, what what about you? Who, who's a guy you're, you're not really liking this week? Yeah, um, and I know a lot of people are high on him, um, but Jonu Smith, and uh, he, he has not looked too good for fantasy purposes over the last few weeks here. Um, in the last three weeks combined, he has four catches, and four catches for 51 yards, good. 51 total yards, and zero touchdowns. So I'm looking at him, and I'm like, okay, what's the issue here? Um, mm-hmm. Tannehill's slinging the ball. Um, A.J. Brown's looking good. But somebody else is in the mix that's looking really good, especially when he's uh, playing and he's healthy and everything, and that's uh, Corey Davis. Corey Davis is taking up a big uh, target share in that offense, and we know that A.J. Brown's taking up a big target share of that 20, offense. 20 targets in the last two games for Corey Davis. Yeah, so that that's a huge number uh, for a wide receiver uh, in terms of targets. And when he's getting that many targets, they're getting taken away from other guys, and, and that guy that's getting uh, targets taken away from him seems to be Jonu Smith. Uh, one, one other thing, and people could say, oh, well, he's just having a couple rusty weeks and everything, but um, we're looking at their other tight end. Uh, Fersker, I believe his name is. Um, week six, he had eight catches for 113 yards and a touchdown. That week six game is more catches than Jonu's had in the last three, four weeks. Which is interesting because he filled in, I'm pretty sure, for Jonu during that time. I think he might have got banged up. But the fact that they were comfortable giving him targets and now they're still including him in the passing game, that's interesting. Yeah, and I'm looking at his target share over the last two weeks or last few weeks here. Um, week seven, he had uh, more catches than Jonu did. Okay. Hmm. So some could say Jonu might have still been a little bit banged up. Then, Maybe. Week, eight, then week eight, Jonu plays a full game as well. And they had two catches each, I believe. So hmm. what I'm kind of thinking here is Jonu might not be the tight end everybody's hoping him to be. Um, we're seeing that Corey Davis and A.J. Brown are taking a huge target share. I don't see that changing. And we also know that the Titans love to run the ball, and Derrick Henry is going to get a lot of touches. I just don't know that there's enough um, room for Jonu to flourish in this offense. And it's tough to say. Obviously, he's a freak athlete. He's he's built like a monster, but these yeah. other guys seem to be more talented. These other guys seem to get more targets, and I don't see that changing. It was interesting in the offseason. He was like holding those two like 60, 70 pound dumbbells with his shirt <laughs> off, and everyone's like, adjust your rankings right now. <laughs> no, but uh, he, he did start off the season very good, and he was catching the ball a lot, um, making some big plays. He was the tight end two at one point. Uh, I talked about it before in another podcast. I dropped him in your dynasty league and I was mad about it because I was like struggling for tight ends and he was doing so well. And now it's the opposite right now for him. So I think there's room for him to improve over the next few weeks. It's just not going to be this week. And we talked about Ryan Tannehill as a guy that might be a sit for me this week against the bears. I don't have a ton of optimism for uh, John Smith going into this week, but he's a guy you got to pay attention to look for trends in, in the tight end position. Look for, 
um, what kind of target share they're getting. I, I talked about Tyler Higby as of, as of uh, recent uh, on another podcast or an article or something like that. And you look at his trend and Gerald Everett's catching more passes than him and getting more of a target share than him across two weeks. So, I mean, you got to pay attention to these things. Like not everybody has to be an analyst. Not everybody has to put in the research, but it's easy just to look at their last few games and say, Hey, really not involved in the offense, not really scoring well, or on the flip side, Hey, he's increasing his role. He's, he's getting more um, of, of a snap percentage, whatever the case is, if you watch the games and stuff. So uh, yeah, I think that's a good call there um, in the same sort of bears game. So uh, again, week nine, we got this diversity of quarterbacks. We have uh, guys that are going to be potential hall of famers coming back from being suspended and things like that. So it'll be a, it'll be an interesting week and I, I think it should be, should be a lot of fun. So again, me and you are playing each other in three matchups this week. So it'll be, it'll be interesting to see how, how those go. We already had, uh, uh, you had Jamichael Hastie against me in a matchup, go for three points. And I one up you and I said, no, no, I'm, I'm going to do better than that. Trent Taylor, 1.9 points. So we got that going on in a deeper IDP league and then uh, two dynasty leagues. So it'll be good matchups. Um, any other final thoughts uh, here on the podcast? Yeah, um, I'm definitely the underdog, I want to say, in all three of these matchups here. But uh, I'm definitely thinking I'm going to steal at least one. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. <laughs> if you do, I just probably won't talk to you uh, for a while. But that's just the sort of thing that, that I'm accustomed to. Um, but, yeah. All right. So that was the uh, week nine starts and sits. The main uh, app, P2W Fantasy, is under my name there. That's uh, where we push out um, the podcasts, the iTunes, the articles, and things like that. Uh, Anthony, just um, just because people will be listening on iTunes and can't see uh, your your um, uh, your mustache and your your goatee, what what's your uh, your at? Yeah, it's getting a little crazy. I think I gotta trim it down. But uh, you could find me on Twitter at Anthony P2W and. Uh, I uh, contribute to a lot of stuff that Nick does here and uh, try to hop on as much as I'm able to, but uh, give me a follow if you can. But definitely if you're following me, if you're watching this from my Twitter account, make sure you're following the uh, main at P2W fantasy page. All right. Good luck with everybody in their week nine matchup. Uh, Good luck to everybody except Anthony and his three matchups and uh, have a good weekend.